Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 477 for the 21st of Adar in a regular year. And today we are beginning a new chapter, one that is pretty famous in Tanya, chapter 36. And the reason why it's so famous is it addresses the age-old question, perhaps the oldest question known to mankind, namely, what is the meaning of life? So this is a question which has perplexed philosophers for literally centuries. Monty Python even made a movie called The Meaning of Life, which didn't really answer the question. Various religions and philosophers have come up with various ideas to try to come up with an answer to this question. But here we have it in the Tanya. We're actually going to get the answer to the question. And we're going to begin our discussion today by speaking a little bit about geocentricity. So the basic premise of geocentricity is that the earth is at the center of the universe. And this can be taken either from a literal perspective or from a more figurative type of perspective. So first thing that you might that might be coming to mind for you is, wow, hasn't this been disproven? We used to think that the earth was at the center, that everything revolved around the earth, and it's been disproven that actually the universe, our universe revolves around the sun. And this sounds really outdated. And I can't believe I'm listening to this podcast that is so outdated, weird religious stuff. So hold your horses, everybody. And a couple things is that first of all, we are not going to be talking about geocentricity so much from a scientific point of view, that is a subject for another time. But the topic today is more about geocentricity from a more spiritual point of view which still tends to get a bad rap. It's not necessarily disproven, quote unquote, in the same way that science talks about geocentricity and heliocentricity and that kind of thing. But even spiritually speaking, people have a really hard time talking about this idea that we here on earth are the center of the universe, of God's universe. Like you often hear, even in Torah sources, about how there are, even in Hasidus, the truth is, and we're going to talk about this, about how there are so many other realms that are so much far more spiritual and superior and revelatory than our lowly earth. And while all of this is true, this is where there's this interesting paradox that comes into it, which as we'll learn, is it specifically, not only is it that we are not the highest of all worlds in terms of revelation and in terms of being manifestations of God's light in a more overt sense, but actually we are the lowest of the world. So it's not just that we're like kind of down there and not so 
high up there, we're actually the lowest of all worlds. We are the world in which God's light is the most concealed and where it is the hardest to see God and to really perceive the existence of truth. But yet what we'll see, interestingly enough, it's is that this world is actually the purpose of it all. And it's specifically due to its concealment and due to its limitations and due to its loneliness, that lowliness that makes it really apt for fulfilling this ultimate purpose of the entire universe, which sounds really paradoxical. So today we're going to explore some of that and explain and see what Hasidus has to say about this. So with that being said, let's get straight into the text and maybe we can talk a little bit further about it all as we get through through it. So the altar of it begins and he says that here it is known the saying of the sages. And this is taken from the Mishnah Tanchoma in Parshas Naso chapter 6 where it says, שתחליט בריאת עולם הזה so, the purpose of the creation of this world is that God desired that there should be for him a dwelling place in the lower realms. And so now, right away, so it's like, let's just like digest that for a second. So basically, that is the answer to the question, the famous question of the purpose of life, is that God desired to have a dwelling place for himself in the lower realms. So speaking of questions and trying to understand these things, the ultra Rebbe right away goes into a question that comes up with this is he says, but wait a second, we, it, this kind of doesn't make sense. It's like, if there is no, when we say lower realms, when we talk about God, there's no aspect of higher and lower because he fills all the worlds equally. So how can we say about God that he wants a dwelling place in the lower realms, right? So it's, it's a very good question. So again, just think about that question. Each one of these things, like heavy stuff here, is God desires to have a dwelling place for himself in the lower realms. But God is everywhere. There is no higher and lower for God. So what does this mean, that he wants to have a dwelling place in the lower realms? So the explanation, Valtrava says, is that before the world was created, there was him and him alone, exclusively and uniquely and totally united. And he filled all this entire space within which he created the world. And so too now, it is like this for him too. So from his perspective, this is exactly the same. So he fills everything equally. What is the change? So there is one change. What is that change? The change is to the receiver. So to those who receive his vitality and light that they receive through different garments, many different garments that conceal and hide his light as it says that so that is from Shmos chapter 33 verse 20 which means which translates as for no man can see me and live so the simple understanding of this idea this teaching is that no person can actually see God and live so then the altar Rebbe brings an another Another explanation of this that comes from the sages, namely from Sifre, which says when it says, which again literally means that no man should see me and live, this word chai and live is an allusion to another word, which is chayot, which is a type of angel. So meaning to say that not only men, but even angels themselves cannot, are not able to handle the full expression of God. And this is the whole idea of this thing, which is called hishtalshalus. So 
Hishtalshos literally means like a chain-like descent. So this is a term that comes up a lot in Hasidus. So the Hishtalshos is like this chain-like descent of the worlds and the way that God's life force comes down through all the worlds. So here the Alter Rebbe says it's, it's this it's the descent from one level to the next through many different garments that hide the light of God and the life force from which which come from God until this this physical world was created this actual physical corporeal material world which is the lowest of all the worlds there is no world that is lower than our world in terms of the concealment of the light of God and it's a doubled and redoubled darkness here up to the point that it's full of klipos. So remember, we talked about those klipos that are the husks that conceal godliness and sitra achra, which is that other side. So the other side, which is against God in actuality, to the point that they're able to say that they are and there's nothing aside from them. So it's like this, we live in such a world of such high concealments that there are entities and there it, there exists this ability to have a consciousness of really, really not seeing that there's anything that exists other than you as an individual and totally not having an awareness of God. So what we've learned so far is that the purpose of life is in one sentence that God desired to have a dwelling place for him in the lower realms. So now we brought up a question in this regard is we said, how do we understand this? Because when it comes to God, there is no higher and there is no lower. God is everywhere. God is everything. Like we've already talked about this. So how could this be? And so what the answer that the Alter Rebbe gave is that there are two perspectives. There's God's perspective and then there's our perspective. So it's true. From God's perspective, there is nothing but him. The higher and lower realms are exactly the same. And it's just like it was before creation, just like it was after creation, there is nothing but him alone. And it, he takes up every space everywhere. But from our perspective, there is a change. And from our perspective, we don't see God very clearly. And God set up a system whereby his revelation and his, uh, and his light gets concealed each and diminishes from level to level. So there's this thing called Hishtal Shalos, which we talked about, which is this chain-like course of events. And it's this chain-like reactionary type of thing that happens from level to level throughout the worlds that causes each level to conceal and hide God's light a little bit more until we come down into our world, our physical world in which we live, which is the lowest of all the worlds and which conceals God the most. And this is why this is called the world of Klipos, which is called husks and the world of the Sitra Ahra, which is the other side where we can actually have an existence here in this world where you have people who God forbid call themselves atheists who don't even see that they have a creator, that they have something, a place that they came from. And now the altar rabbi goes on and he says that the purpose of the entire hishtalshalus of all of the world, so remember this term hishtalshalus comes up in chasidus a lot. It's, it's a little difficult to translate. It kind of literally means like a chain reaction of event. It's like this chain-like progression of God's light through the worlds. So the purpose of this hishtalshalus, ch this chain-like progression through the worlds and this their descent from level to level is not for the supernal world because for them, them, this descent is a, is a true descent from the light of the face of God, but rather the whole purpose of everything is our world, this specific world, this lowly world, because this is what arose in the will of God 
in order for him to have nachas, like to derive pleasure, to subdue the sitra achra, this other side, the side that opposes God, and to transform darkness into light so that the infinite light of God will shine in the place of darkness and the place of sitra achra, which is this world. This is the place of, of darkness and sitra achra. And for it to shine in an you know, even greater degree. And we've already talked about this idea of the advantage of light that comes out of darkness. So that means that when the light ultimately does shine here, it's actually going to be a much, much stronger light than the light that shines in the supernal worlds. Because in the supernal worlds, the light of God does shine, but it shines through various vestments and various uh, concealments that hide and conceal the light of God so that in order for them not to be nullified in their source. So basically to understand this is that it's it's this interesting thing where basically you have the supernal worlds, the more spiritual worlds that are spiritually above our own. And while they kind of overtly radiate godliness in a more overt way, the radiation that they radiate of godliness is a limited one because in, if they were to reveal God in a full sense, they would be nullified in their source. So God had to make it as such that the revelation that they produce there and that they manifest is one that is vested in various garments and various concealments and things like that. And then paradoxically here in our world where there's there's kind of like, it's almost like there's not the same danger of us being nullified in our source because we are so far removed and we are so concealed and we are so oblivious to our source. This ironically is where God's radiance can shine in a fuller sense. So this is a little obscure. It's a little abstract. It's it's a huge topic in Chassidus and at the altar, I, I, I don't want to veer off from the text too much and get too much into it because the altar up is going to get into it more on his own and um hopefully we can talk about it more as we go through the chapter but that is the basic idea that basically that it is interestingly and albeit yes somewhat ironic perhaps that our lowly world that conceals godliness to such a great extent this is actually the purpose of it all and it's because of the lowliness because of the darkness here because this darkness is where we can actually shine the light and to the greatest degree. Maybe one way to think about it, kind of, and it's not necessarily the most perfect example, but like a dam of water. So it's like if you have this, like if you restrict the flow of water in a dam for a really long time, and then you open up that dam, there's going to be this like crazy pouring out of water, and it's going to be really obvious that there's water there. Sort of like the same idea here. Again, not the per most perfect example. I'm sure there's other examples that could illustrate it better. Maybe we'll get into them as we get further into the text, but that the more God is restricted and constricted and concealed down here, that ironically actually causes our world to be the perfect vehicle to be able to ultimately reveal God in the most intense way. So now the Ultra Rabbi, keeping all of this in mind, is going to bring up a question about all of this. So what we've learned so far, what we know so far is that now we're living in this very concealed state where the world is really concealed. The true reality of life is concealed and godliness is really concealed down here. But the ultimate purpose is to reveal God here. It is to reveal God's light. So how can we do that without expiring in our source? When we really have come to kind of equate this idea of revelation and nullification of self, and we talked about how in the the more supernal realms that's why they need all these concealments and garments and all that kind of stuff why isn't that 
how are we going to counteract that down here? So yes, while right now we have the biggest concealments and the the most intense constrictions of God's light, the ultimate purpose is to reveal God down here. So how are we going to do that while still maintaining our existence? Because we know that God did want there to be an independent existence apart from him. So it's it seems like quite paradoxical and how does this work exactly god actually set up an antidote specifically for this purpose and this antidote is what we know of as torah so interestingly we tend to think of torah as being this book of either history about the jewish people or maybe about the creation of the world maybe it's a book of laws how to live our lives and connect to god and that kind of thing but the way that the altar Rebbe is going to define the Torah or the angle that he's going to examine the Torah at is seeing Torah as an antidote for not expiring and for not being totally nullified in our source the way that the other realms might have been if they didn't have their garments and their concealments and things like that. So the altar Rebbe says that this is why God gave to the Jewish people the Torah because what is the Torah called? The Torah is called strength and power. And then here the altar Rebbe cites the Gemara in Sanhedrin, page 100b, that God gave strength to the tzaddikim, to the righteous people, to be able to receive their reward in the future to come without having them have to expire in their source, be nullified in their source, truly in the light of God, which will be revealed in the future without any concealment at all. So in the future to come, we will actually experience God in a more pure sense, in a way that he is not concealed at all. And so the Gemara is teaching us here that the that Hashem actually gave the tzaddikim who are going to receive this reward, who are going to receive this tremendous revelation in the world to come, he gave them some kind of strength to be able to withstand this without expiring in their source. And then the altar Rabbi here cites Yeshayahu chapter 30, 20, where it says, So what that literally means is that your teacher will no longer hide from you and your eyes will behold your teacher. So this is, again, an allusion to the future times when we will actually all experience God in a full and truly not concealed sense. And then he brings another citation again from Yeshayahu, chapter 52, verse 8, where it says, which literally means, for they shall see eye to eye. And then another citation here, this one comes again also from Yeshayahu, uh, chapter 60, verse 19, where it says, Lo yelach, which literally means the sun shall no longer be your light by day for God will be your eternal light. So again, it's all these verses and citations are there to teach us and to kind of explain to us this idea that in the future to come, God will be totally revealed to us and we'll be living in this world of more truth and truly seeing the true reality. And then the Alter concludes here and he says that it is known that the time, the days of Mashiach, and especially when the dead will be resurrected, is, is the ultimate purpose and the completion of the creation of the world. And this is why the world was created from its beginning. And then there's a footnote here that the Alter gives in brackets where he says that the main re reception of reward is going to be in the seventh millennia, as it is written in the Likutate in Likute Torah of the Arizal. So that is the end of the session today. So just to give a recap of this last part of today's section, where the Altar Rebbe addresses the question, 
as to how is it going to be that if we talk about how the ultimate purpose is our physical world, our reality, and how eventually in the future, the true reality of the world, the true truth of God will be revealed down here and in a way that is so much more intense, so much more powerful and is the ultimate revelation of God, more so than any of the other higher realms, how will we be able to withstand this? Because if we already talked about how in the higher realms, the the creations there need to have all these garments and concealments and stuff like that so that they don't expire in their source, how will we be able to maintain it? And the answer that the Altarabah gives here is that that is Torah. And Torah is the antidote that is there for us to be able to have the strength to withhold this and withstand this intense revelation that we will have. So we're going to continue along these lines tomorrow when we get further into this and try to ex- understand what this means exactly because he didn't really elaborate yet on all of this and how Torah is the antidote and how does it protect us in this way. So stay tuned for that and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.